Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self-Evolutionary Guard. Let's... Okay, and so in today's episode we're going to be talking about the difference between almost, most, should I say, if not all, the the difference between most, if not all, of the personality disorders is what I wanted to say. And it's going to rely heavily on the DSM-5 source, okay? This is pretty much technical, and I'd like to make it technical and scientific because it's not just enough to, like, get inspired from blogs and YouTube and people who talk about these illnesses in general. But I figured, you know what, actually, uh, since there feels like a lot of overlap between the personality disorders, we will see in a minute that there is quite uh, some amount of overlap, but there are clear differences which allow us to distinguish between each personality disorder on its own. So, this um, article, should I say, is entitled DSM-4 and DSM-5 Criteria for the Personality Disorders. Now, again, definitely only I only relied on the DSM-5 definitions of the personality disorders. And this is... Uh, extracted from American Psychiatric uh, Association, APA. Okay, so let's begin. Uh, The first thing is that we're going to explain the general criteria for personality disorder, number one. And this was revised in June 2011. So the essential features of a personality disorder are impairments in personality, which means self as well as interpersonal with other people functioning and the presence of pathological personality traits to diagnose a personality disorder the following criteria must be met a a significant impairment in self identity or self-direction and interpersonal whether it be empathy or intimacy functioning okay B, one or more pathological personality traits, uh, domains, or trait facets. So basically, pathological personality traits. Um, C, the, the impairments in personality functioning and the individual's personality trait expression are relatively stable across time and consistent across situations so the impairments are consistent across time and situations d the impairments in personality functioning and the individual's personality trait expression are not better understood as normative for the individual for the individual's developmental stage or sociocultural environment so it's not better understood as normative okay and finally e the impairments 
in personality functioning and the individual personality trait expression are not solely due to the direct physiological effects of a substance, for example, a drug abuse, medicating, or a general medical condition, such as severe head trauma, okay? So they're usually not due, not only due to the the substance abuse, for example. They can be related to the childhood uh, and the environment where they were raised. Again. Okay, so number two, let's begin with the antisocial uh, personality disorder, which is commonly known as sociopathy or sociopathy. Okay. Okay, so let's begin. The essential features of a personality disorder are impairment of this personality disorder are impairments in personality self and interpersonal functioning and the presence of pathological personality traits. So, to diagnose antisocial personality disorder, the, the following criteria must be met. And this is pretty much for any nurse who's listening to me right now, psychiatric nurse, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. Uh, and for general audience, for people who want to know in general what the difference between personality disorders are. So, this is a very technical, scientific, and credible source to, to depend on. So A, significant impairments in personality functioning manifest by uh, one, impairments of self-functioning. So in the impairments of self-functioning, there has to be either A or B. And we're going to talk about each in just a sec. A is identity, the impairments in identity. And B is the impairments or the dysfunction in self-direction. So when it comes to identity, there's egocentrism, self-esteem derived from personal gain, power, or pleasure. And as for self-direction, of course, this is the other side of the coin. It's either or. When it comes to self-direction, there's goal setting based on personal gratification, absence of pro-social internal standards associated with failure to conform to lawful or culturally normative ethical behavior. And... Okay, so there's one, there has to be impairments of self-functioning, which is one, and it has to have either A or B as uh, dysfunctional, and it has to have number two, in order to diagnose antisocial personality disorder, they have to have impairments in interpersonal functioning, and again, it's either A or B. And I think at this point, uh, antisocial personality disorder is the closest towards psychopathy because th these people tend to break the law, and especially for personal gratification. Now, as for number two, we're going to talk about uh, either A or B. So A is empathy. 
There is lack of concern for feelings, needs, or suffering of others. Lack of remorse after hurting or mistreating another one, another person. Or B, which is intimacy. Uh, the sociopaths have an incapacity of mutually intimate relationships as exploitation is a primary means of relating to others, including by deceit and coercion, use of dominance or intimidation to control others. There is no sense of mutual respect of others. There's the sense of wanting to control and intimidate others. Now, B. Pathological personality traits in the following domains. There's one, antagonism, two, disinhibition, and then C and D and E, which are all the same, and I'm not going to read them later on because they're going to be repeated the same way. So, in terms of the antagonism, there is going to be A, Manipulativeness, the frequent use of subterfuge, subterfuge to influence or control others, use of seduction, charm, glibness, sorry, uh, or ingratiation to achieve one's end. Okay, so basically, it's only to manipulate others to achieve their end goal. B. Deceitfulness. Dishonesty and fraudulence. Misrepresentation of self. Establishment or fabrication when relating events. C. Callousness. Lack of concern for feelings or problems of others. Lack of guilt or remorse about the negative or harmful effects of one's actions on others' aggression or sadism. D. Honesty. Persistent or frequent angry feelings. Anger or irritability in response to minor slights and insults. Mean, nasty, or vengeful behavior. Mm hmm. A lot of anger going on. Two, which is disinhibition, and it's characterized by A. Irresponsibility. And these people disregard for and failure. So, they don't disregard for, but. The noun here is that there is a disregard for and failure to recognize or honor financial and other obligations or commitments. There's also lack of respect for and lack of following through agreements and promises. So they don't, so they fail to recognize and honor or even disregard completely financial and other obligations and commitments. Not only that, but they also lack the respect and cannot follow through promises and agreements. B, which is impul impulsivity. So acting on the spur of the moment in response to immediate stimuli, acting on a momentary basis without 
a plan or consideration of outcomes, difficulty establishing and following plans. Usually, so the way that they would take uh, actions would be a chaotic way. They don't plan, they don't strategize, and they don't even, they, ha they have, a, they find it very difficult to establish and follow along with their own plan. So, yeah. Uh, number, or C, risk taken. There's engagement in dangerous, risky, and potentially self-damaging activities. And this is why it's the most, I think, the most dangerous illness that's, like, the, the closest to psychopathy. Because here's the point. It's where they engage in dangerous, risky, and potentially self-damaging activities unnecessarily and without regard for consequences. Okay? And this is the worst. Boredom, proneness, and thoughtless initiation on activities to counter boredom. So they do dangerous, risky stuff out of boredom. And I don't know if you know the character Rick from Rick and Morty. A lot of people theorize that he is a highly, highly antisocial person. Usually you can also see the these many of these uh, traits in him that when he gets bored he just wants to kill other creatures from other galaxies and planets and that's how he would also use Morty as his supply to help him in his missions and he would just be so happy that he took this risk and killed these bunch of creatures from other planets and galaxies but he just doesn't care at all like you know so um personally though i like rick a lot and he inspires me <laughs> i'm not saying that i want to be an antisocial person but it's just he has strengths and weaknesses and um i like his strengths a lot so anyway Back to the main point. C. So these three, four are gonna be repeating, are gonna be repeated the same way every in every other personality disorder. So I'm not gonna read them again. So only this time. C. The impairments in personality functioning and the individual's personality trait expression and relatively stable are relatively stable across time and consistent across situations, which I already said earlier. D, the impairments in personality functioning and the individual's personality trait expression are not better understood as normative for the person's developmental stage or social social cultural environment. Okay, and E, the impairments in personality functioning and the individual's personality trait expression do not solely, are not solely due to the direct physiological effects of a substance, for example, severe head trauma or drug abuse or whatever. And F, the individual is at least 18 years old. This is just to make sure that the diagnosis is feasible. And now number three would be which is actually the second personality disorder here, avoidant personality disorder. So let's talk about A and B. And usually these are the most 
talked about things in each and every personality disorder here because then again, C, D, and E are the same everywhere. Okay, uh, so when it comes to A, so the significant impairments in personality functioning manifest by one, impairments in self-functioning, which means in either identity or self-direction. When it comes to identity, the, for the avoidant uh, people, they have low self-esteem associated with self-appraisal, socially inept, personally unappealing or inferior, excessive feelings of shame or inadequacy. And as for B, the self-direction, unrealistic standards for behavior association with reluctance to pursue goals, take personal risks, or engage in new activities involving interpersonal contact. And number two, impairments in per interpersonal functioning, and it's either A, in empathy, or B, intimacy. So, when it comes to empathy, there's preoccupation with and sensitivity to criticism, or rejection associated with distorted interference oh sorry inf inference of others perspectives as negative mm -hmm. and b intimacy there's a reluctance to get involved with people unless being certain of being liked Diminished mutuality within intimate relationships because of fear of being shamed or ridiculed. Pathological personality traits in the following domains. Okay. One, detachment characterized by A, withdrawal. B, intimacy avoidance. And C, and anhedonia anhedonia okay so as for withdrawal there is a reticence in social situations avoidance of social contacts and activity lack of initiation of social contact sorry about that um b intimacy avoidance when it comes to intimacy avoidance, there's avoidance of close or intimate relationships, interpersonal attachments, and intimate sexual relationships. And as for anhedonia, there's lack of enjoyment from engagement in or energy for life experiences, deficits in the capacity to feel pleasure or take interest in things. So I think there's also an overlap with depression here if you can say but it's definitely a huge huge illness you know and it's not like it's a it's a spectrum okay every single personality disorder is a spectrum and it can overlap with so many other uh illnesses mental or emotional illnesses or even physical but it's a spectrum overall and number two, the negative affectivity is characterized by a anxiousness. That's it. Okay, so anxiousness or anxiety. So there are intense feelings of nervousness, 
tenseness or panic, often in reaction to social situations. These people worry about negative effects of past unpleasant experiences and future negative possibilities, feeling fearful, apprehensive, or threatened by uncertainty, fears of embarrassment. And let me tell you something before I move to the next personality disorder, which is the most... Oh, wait, actually, it's the one after this one. <laughs> um, and it's that if you can remember the episode where I talked about the attachment styles, you will pretty much notice that there is a huge commonality between the avoidant attachment style and this personality disorder. I think they overlap in a huge way, and I recommend you listen to that episode. It has the four attachment styles, and I talked about each and every one uh, thoroughly and in specific detail, so if you'd like to go ahead and listen to that episode, please do. Now back to this episode, and again, the C, D, and E are the same. We're going to be talking about the third personality disorder, which is the borderline personality disorder. And this is where we get a huge amount of overlap, which is kind of confusing, between it and the narcissistic personality disorder, which is the next one. Now, as for the borderline personality disorder... The significant impairments in personality manifest by, again, uh, impairments in self-functioning, identity, or self-direction, and impairments in interpersonal functioning, empathy, or intimacy. As for identity, these people markedly impoverished, okay, poorly developed, or unable or unstable, sorry, uh, self-image, often associated with excessive self-criticism, chronic feelings of emptiness, dissociative states under stress. Ooh, tough. And B, self-direction. Or B, self-direction. And in this point, at this point, there is instability in goals, aspirations, values, or career plans. And, so the impairments in interpersonal functioning would be in terms of empathy and intimacy. So when it comes to empathy, compromised ability to recognize the feelings and needs of others associated with interpersonal hypersensitivity. That means prone to feeling slighted or insulted. Mm -hmm. And perceptions of others selectively based biased, sorry, selectively biased toward negative attributes or vulnerabilities. So they cannot really recognize the feelings or needs of others. Instead, they would actually feel slighted or insulted. Okay? And as for B, intimacy, there's an intense, unstable, and conflicted close relationships marked by mistrust 
neediness and anxious preoccupation. Anxious preoccupation with real or imagined abandonment. Close relationships often are often viewed in extremes of ideation and devaluation and alternating between over-involvement over and withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So the, there's this pendulum sw pendular swing between... Uh, so they're terrified of close relationships and they're actually viewed in the pendular swing of either over-involvement, which also means enmeshment, or withdrawal and neglect. But what distinguishes uh, the borderline personality disorder from the narcissistic personality disorder is this. Is the preoccupation with real or imagined abandonment. These people are terrified of being abandoned, and they actually, you know, a lot of people talked about this, about the people they knew that had the borderline personality disorder, or even people who have been diagnosed themselves, and they say that abandonment is such a huge thing, and people think they have suicidal thoughts, or they make uh, they make up something about killing themselves um, because they are not capable of accepting the idea of being left alone. They simply think about it as abandonment and it terrifies them. Okay? So B, pathological personality traits in the following domains. Number one, negative affectivity. Number two, disinhibition. And three, antagonism. So, um, basically... When it comes to negative affectivity, there's A, emotional liability. These people are uns they have unstable emotional experiences and frequent mood changes, emotions that are easily aroused, intense, and or out of propor proportion to events and circumstances. Okay. B, anxiousness. Intense feelings of nervousness, tenseness, or panic, often in reaction to interpersonal stresses. They worry about negative effects of past unpleasant experiences and future negative possibilities. Uh, just P.S. I think this overlaps with the avoidant personality disorder. So there are commonalities here and there. Um, these people feel fearful. They're apprehensive or threatened by uncertainty, fears of falling apart or losing control. <laughs> Basically, a lot of fear is going on. C. Separation insecurity. Fears of rejection by and or separation from significant others. Associated with fears of excessive dependency and complete loss of autonomy. Oh my goodness. This is really like... It's a freaking roller coaster ride. They, they always... 
there's always this pendular swing that keeps swinging from an extreme to the other and it's never really stable. That's why these are called personality disorders. Man, must be tough. Must be really, really tough. Um, and de depressivity. Frequent feelings of being down, miserable and or hopeless. Difficulty recovering from such moods. Pessimism about the future. Persuasion. Oh, sorry. A pervasive shame. Feeling of inferior self-worth. Thoughts of suicide and suicidal behavior. Because of how unstable they are. And number two, disinhibition, which is characterized by A, impulsivity, and B, risk-taken. So, impulsivity, acting on the spur of the moment response to immediate stimuli, stimuli acting on a moment, um, on the momentary, sorry, basis, without a plan or a consideration of outcomes, difficulty establishing or following plans, a sense of urgency, and self-harming behavior under emotional distress. There's a lot of commonality between this impulsivity and the impulsivity of the antisocial personality disorder, if you noticed, okay? As for B, but again, what distinguishes the borderline from the antisocial personality disorders is the sense of urgency and self-harming behavior under emotional distress. So, um, there's always this thing that uh, differs, that makes a personality disorder differ from another. And B, risk-taking. There's engagement in dangerous, risky, and potentially self-harming activities unnecessarily and without regard to consequences. There's lack of concentration. Oh, sorry. Oh my god. There's lack of concern for one's limitations and denial of the reality of personal danger. Mm -hmm. Especially when they self-harm. That's really bad. And three, antagonism. Hostility. Persistent of frequent angry feelings. Persistence of frequent angry feelings. Anger or irritability, ugh, irritability in response to minor slights and insults. And C, D, and E are the same. So again, there's an overlap between this borderline and the avoidant as well as the antisocial personality disorders. Now moving on to the next one, which is... Narcissistic Personality Disorder, and then after that we have two more. Hopefully, I'll be done soon. So for the Narcissistic Personality Disorder, when it comes to impairments in personality functioning, in terms of self-functioning, identity, and self-direction-wise, in terms of identity, there's excessive reference to others for self definition and self-esteem 
regulation. Exaggerated self-appraisal may be inflated or deflated or vacillate between extremes. Emotional regulation mirrors fluctuation in self-esteem. And B, self-direction. Goal setting is based on getting approval from others. Personal standards are unreasonably high in order to see oneself as exceptional or too low based on a sense of entitlement, often unaware of one's own motivations. And number two, impairments in interpersonal functioning in terms of empathy as well as intimacy. And then we move on to B. So, when it comes to empathy, impaired ability to recognize or identify with the feelings or needs of others, excessively attuned to reactions of others, but only if perceived as relevant to self, over or underestimate of own effect on others. Basically, one common trait among all the personality disorders that we talked about so far is the lack of empathy. And such it's a huge, huge point. As for intimacy, for the narcissists, relationship lar- relationships largely are superficial and exist to serve self-esteem regulation. Mutuality constrained by a little genuine interest in others' experiences and a predominance of a need in personal gain. As for the pathological personality traits, there is antagonism characterized by, there's only actually antagonism, which is characterized by grandiosity and attention seeking. Grandiosity, there are feelings of entitlement either overt, obvious, or covert hidden, self-centeredness, firmly holding to the belief that one is better than others, which means arrogance, and condescending to others. As for attention-seeking, excessive attempts to attract and be the focus of attention of others, and admiration-seeking, constant admiration-seeking, okay? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Now let's move to the next one, which is kind of more complicated. The obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. So the significant impairments in this personality functioning, they manifest by impairments of self-functioning, in uh, specifically in identity and self-direction. Again... Okay, when it comes to identity, there's sense of self derived. The sense of self is derived from predominantly from work or productivity, constricted experience and expression of strong emotions. They suppress experience and expression of strong emotions, okay? Um, Oh, rather, they express strong emotions. Um, Self-direction, when it comes to be self-direction, there's difficulty in completing tasks and realizing goals 
with rigid and unreasonably high and inflexible internal standards of behavior, overly conscientious and moralistic attitudes, which makes them obsessively compulsive. Sorry. This really, really sucks, man. And uh, two, impairments in interpersonal functioning in terms of empathy as well as intimacy. So when it comes to empathy, there's difficulty understanding and appreciating the ideas and feelings or behaviors of others, as well as intimacy, relationships seen as a secondary to work and productivity, rigidity and stubbornness negatively affect relationships with others. As for the pathological personality traits, they manifest by compulsivity and negative affectivity. When it comes to compulsivity, there's rigid uh, perfectionism, rigid insistence on everything being flawless, perfect without errors or faults, including one's own and others' performance. Sacrificing of timelines to ensure correctness in every detail, believing that there is only one right way to do things, and difficulty changing ideas and or view viewpoint, as well as preoccupation with details, organization, and order. As for the negative effectivity, there it is characterized by preservation persistence at tasks long after behavior has ceased to be functional or effective continuance of the same behavior despite repeated failures oh my god this is this is really really difficult to even have to imagine people having to go through these mental personality disorders. Now the final one, and I think it's the most, I think this one terrified me the most when I was taking the notes. I mean, antisocial personality disorder already freaked me out enough, but this one is the schizotypal personality disorder. Significant impairments in personality functioning, which manifest by impairments in self-functioning, again, in terms of identity and self-direction, as well as interpersonal functioning in terms of empathy and intimacy. So let's go. In terms of identity, there's confused boundaries between self and others, distorted self-concept, emotional expression, often not congruent with context or internal experience and b self-direction unrealistic or incoherent goals no clear set of internal standards two impairments in interpersonal functioning in empathy and intimacy so when it comes to empathy there's profound Profound difficulty in understanding impact of own behavior on others, frequent misinterpretations of others' motivations and behaviors. As for intimacy, 
They are the marked impairments in developing close relationships associated with mistrust and anxiety. As for B, pathological personality traits in the following domains. So, number one, psychoticism. Number two, detachment. And three, negative affectivity. As for psychoticism, there is eccentricity, A, B, cognitive and perceptual dysregulation, C, unusual beliefs and experiences. This is the most terrifying part. Um, so when it comes to A, eccentricity, odd, unusual, or bizarre behavior or appearance, saying unusual or inappropriate things. Sounds like Tourette syndrome, I guess. B, cognitive or perceptual dysregulation. Odd or unusual thought processes vague circumstantial metaphorical over elaborate or stereotyped thought or speech odd sensations in various sensory modalities it's <sighs> difficult to go through um unusual beliefs and experiences thought Sorry, um, thought, content, and views of reality that are viewed by others are bizarre and idiosyncratic, unusual experiences of reality, which I think results in detachment. Uh, a, restricted affectivity, B, withdrawal. So when it comes to A, restricted affectivity, Little, little reaction to emotionally arousing situations, constricted emotional experience and expression, also indifference or coldness. And B, withdrawal. There's preference of being alone to being with others. Reticence in social situations, avoidance of social contacts and activity, and lack of initiation of social contacts. And finally, three, negative affectivity uh, when it's characterized by suspiciousness. Expectations of and heightened sensitivity to signs of interpersonal ill intent or harm or harm. Doubts about loyalty and fidelity of others, and feelings of persecution. Oh my goodness. Wow. Uh, so, there is partly... Partly psychotic and schizophrenic symptoms in this personality disorder. Again, it's a spectrum. But all of these, all of these, they don't just derive from substance abuse, such as drug abuse or being alcoholic. But I think these people must have had extremely traumatizing events when they were a child. 
an innocent, pure little soul. They were traumatized by their social uh, entourage that surrounded them, either their parents or siblings or friends or extended family members. It could be anyone who abused them, either abused them directly, influenced them indirectly, or whether they themselves have seen very traumatizing events and they lasted in their memories forever, which destroyed their personality and development uh, as a consequence. So, this is a very, very serious and technical, as you may heard, and uh, scientific episode with its scientific jargon and words and technical specific concepts. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed and you learned what differences lie between each and every personality disorder. I know they overlap, like I already noticed there's a huge overlap between personality disorders here and there, but there are also characteristics which uh, distinguish between each personality disorder on its own. So, uh, that's it. This is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed and uh, loved listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed and loved recording it for you. Um, don't forget to check out the links that I'm going to be posting on the show notes for the social media, Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, as well as the website and merch store if you want to take a look. And also, if you'd like to suggest any topic or question, please don't hesitate to contact me personally. I'll be able to interact with you. And also, if you'd like to see this podcast thriving and successful, please don't forget to give it a small support. It'll be very much appreciated. And... I'll see you in the next episode.